episode 172. Are you ready, ladies and gentlemen? Because I definitely am. This episode is going to be freaking awesome. Um, welcome back to the Trainer Lerchon Podcast. If this is your first time tuning in, I am Coach Matt, your host and owner of Athletic Beings Training and Apparel. This is going to be a podcast where you're going to get the ins and outs when it comes down to health, fitness, wellness, nutrition, training, anything around health and fitness and how you can become better and progress towards the body and health of your dreams. Um, you know, we bring on amazing guest speakers just like we have today. We have an, an, an phenomenal, phenomenal guest speaker today um, talking about something that is I've been wanting to bring on the show for a long, long, long time because every piece of your body is extremely crucial. It, it, you need to touch up on everything, attack everything, hit every sort of aspect of your body that makes you you. Okay, every single muscle group. You got uh, tons of muscles, okay, hundreds of muscles of inside your body that make up who you are, so you're able to function and do the things that you do regularly day to day, and every muscle is crucial to focus on, okay, not just the regular bicep curl, shoulder press, bench press, deadlift, squats, not just those things, let's dive in deeper, let's talk about other things that we don't even, we take for advantage every single day, that we don't even pay attention to, and whenever you open your mind and perspective to new things of, of your body or about your body, you're more aware, and the more aware you are, the better you're going to feel because now you understand how it functions and how you can react and how you can fix it or how you can make it better, and that is power, ladies and gentlemen. Knowledge of yourself, awareness of yourself, your own body is power so you can be able to have full control of your outcomes. This is going to be an amazing episode, and I cannot wait to introduce the guest speaker. But before we hop in, ladies and gentlemen, leaving a five-star review for the podcast truly does mean the world to me. I love seeing and reading feedback from you guys and girls. You know, every time you share on your uh, Instagram story and you're tagging us, I love to see what you guys are grabbing from the episodes. It makes it makes my day um, because we bring on amazing guest speakers all for you. We want to I want to inspire people to believe in themselves. And there's amazing people out there in the world that have a, just an impactful story or incredible knowledge and we're all here to inspire you to believe in yourself um and you know every time i hop on the mic i I give my heart and soul to every single one of you so i enjoy seeing feedback i really do not only that but it's going to help other people around the world who are looking for a health and fitness podcast to get them get their uh, questions answered you're going to help them find this podcast just that much faster um and that is awesome the more people we get tuning in the more lives we can all impact and change together ladies and gentlemen since day one, we have created amazing partnerships with tons of different companies. And uh, to check out all of our partnerships and all the amazing uh, benefits and advantages that you get just from tuning in to the show, you can check it out at trainerlivestrong.com forward slash partnerships, or you can check out in the show notes all the links we put at the very bottom, um, or you can just head over to our website and check it all out there, okay? But our newest one is our amazing partnership with Flex Pro Mills, an amazing meal prepping service, and we can save you 20% off your purchase if you use promo code TRAINHARD at your checkout. Ladies and gentlemen... I hope you're ready for this one because it's going to be a great one. So let's welcome to the show, Brittany Ellers. Okay, so basically what helped me probably the most besides taking some rest and really relaxing my body and finding more awareness in my pelvic floor with my breath, it was having an orgasm. Hey everyone, Coach Matt here and you're listening to the Train Hard Live Strong Podcast where we bring on the top fitness pros top fitness influencers, motivational speakers, and people who have gone through dramatic transformations. And we're all here to inspire you to believe in yourself. If you have not yet, go ahead and check out our website, trainhardliftstrong.com. You can see all the new upcoming guest speakers and all the amazing things coming your way. Welcome to another life-changing episode. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another amazing episode here on the Train Hard Live Strong podcast. Today, ladies and gentlemen, I have an amazing guest speaker for y'all, and I cannot wait to introduce <laughs> Brittany Ellers. What's up, Brittany? How you doing? Hi, I'm doing well. How are you, Matt? Oh, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I am, just like I was saying before, I am so excited to have you on here because you're going to bring something to the table that no one has yet just because mm. of what um, basically you like um, your profession is, right? Like your specialty kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah so definitely. Awesome. I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited to learn from you too. Yeah, um, I'm excited to share. <laughs> uh, awesome. Okay. So uh, for everyone listening right now, our current listeners, future listeners, can you give like a nice little background story on just how you got to who you are today? 
where to begin on that? <laughs> That's like a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like honestly, my life path has has guided me slash my profession has guided me in my life path. Um, I've always been into movement. I, w- I grew up as an athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, I played soccer since I was six and, and then picked up cheer and dance and continued dance in college. And when I was in college, I guess I, um, I started to recognize that, yeah, I wanted to work in the healthcare profession. Okay. Um, and I was on a pre-med track for a little while. But then when I got more into movement and I got an uh, athletic training internship, I was like, oh, I kind of want to go this route and like work with athletes. And um, then I was posed the question, well, do you want to work with athletes or do you want to help everyone? And I was like, well, everyone, like I want to have my <laughs> options open. right? Yeah, 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 of course. Um, but then again, like a lot of people consider themselves athletes. So it was kind of a win-win. So I decided to go into physical therapy and um, yeah, I'm from California. So I went to school in San Diego uh, for my doctorate and Mm -hmm. studied physical therapy and um, goodness, it it was just kind of a, a clash or maybe like a blend of a lot of different things happening in my life. I was working in a, in an outpatient clinic Um, down here in San Diego and got really stressed out and really burnt out. And all of that stress really honed in on my pelvic floor. And for those who don't know what a pelvic floor is, um, do you want me to explain? Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Okay. So the pelvic floor is basically, it's a, it's an area in your body. It's a set of muscles, nerves, fascia, like anything else, just like in your shoulder, your hamstring. Um, But this is a, a space that's basically at the bottom of your pelvic bowl. So you can feel out your pelvic floor if you wanted to. It's between the boundaries of your pubic bone, your tailbone, and either sit bone on either side. So it's kind of like a diamond-shaped space down at the at the basin. And that's what um, that all means. Pelvic is like a basin. Uh-huh. Um, so in that area, I was experiencing a lot of symptoms, like uh, a really strong urge to urinate. That's and crazy. It was, I can't even tell you, it was very painful. I, I, maybe you've heard of this before, but lightning crotch is oh, yeah, more yeah. like, okay, so that's more of like your pubic symphysis where right. your pubic bone sides meet together, right? But mm-hmm. it almost feels like that burning UTI pain around mm-hmm. your urethra, like in your pelvic floor. Okay. And it's a very weird experience. At least for me, it was, it felt like on the verge of pain and pleasure, but I felt like the only way to release that was to pee, but every time I would sit down to pee, there'd be drips, like oh droplets. Right. Yeah. So not great. And <laughs> it was really hindering my my life. Um, I had to take off work. I wanted to figure out what was going on. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting because that path took me into reaching out to a, a prior client of mine or a prior patient of mine. Um, from the clinic and she was a pelvic floor physical therapist and she taught me over the phone. Yeah. She taught me over the phone, like how to relax my pelvic floor once I kind of described my symptoms to her. And um, when I was able to take that time off, I could really start to relax my pelvic floor. And maybe this is TMI for your listeners. Maybe not, but honestly, okay. Okay. So basically what helped me probably the most besides taking some rest and really relaxing my body and finding Mm -hmm. more awareness in my pelvic floor with my breath. It was having an orgasm and yeah. And that actually like fatigued my pelvic floor muscles enough where they could settle down again and relax and do like a lower resting tone. Uh So it was after that, that I kind of like, Oh, needed to recognize like this stress was coming from my lifestyle. Um, just working 40 hours a week was not, not great for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't know a lot of PTs do it, but yeah, it just wasn't right. So that led me down the path of working in um, just the wellness industry in general. And I, I also teach yoga. So I was doing home visits and, and all that good stuff. Um, and then when I finally realized, oh, pelvic floor is a really missed area. Mm-hmm. Like not a lot of people know about it. Mm-hmm. And yet a lot of people suffer from their pain. They hide it. They, there's like a lot of shame wrapped up in any pelvic issues. Um, and I learned that a lot through friends um, who were having difficulty with their periods, pain mm-hmm. with sex. And then as time went on and as I progressed in my 
career, I guess, um, and like my life's work, it, it happens so much in people who are wanting to get pregnant and go into postpartum and into menopause. So also on the side of that, where like, maybe you're not a female, maybe you don't have vulva or womb. Uh I've had so many men reach out to me about their pelvic floor issues as well. Usually, yeah, it's like usually a lot of like tailbone pain right. um, or issues with ejaculation or. And this can pre- all be related to the pelvic floor. Hell yeah. Oh, my God. This is why I was, I'm so happy to have you here. This is crazy. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty mind blowing that it affects so much. And the yeah. thing about, yeah, that your pelvic floor is that there's so many functions to it. Right. It's uh-huh. like the center of your of your body, essentially. Right. Your, your belly button is kind of like where your center of mass is. But. Right this whole lower portion of our body is like in, in yoga, at least it's kind of like your center, your, your foundation is your right. pelvic floor. Right. Um, and if things aren't flowing well there, or even at that layer above in like the sacral area, uh-huh. like all of those energies, if they don't line up, um, if your muscles don't work the way, the way they're supposed to, if you're just completely disconnected or if you've had trauma to that area, um, it doesn't really bode well for everything else living above. So I, I truly think of it as a foundational thing. If, yeah, if like you're addressing something in your, even in your shoulder, or your neck, I'd probably still look at your pelvic floor and how you're like sitting, Dude. how you're standing. It's, right. it's just so relatable too, because everyone pees, everyone poops. I've said right. that before. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people like to have sex. So, yeah. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I I feel like it's just a really relevant topic that culturally has been pushed aside, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. or you know, yeah, in families, yeah. and it's just not really talked about. So right. that's part of my I guess my my path and who's made me who I've meant to be is this this side mission or this like underlying mission that like I want. I want to be an advocate for people on these very taboo topics mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because I grew up in a, in a space where it wasn't talked about, but I didn't ask, but probably cause I didn't feel safe to ask right, right, of course. all the questions. Yeah. So, you know, you seek, you seek the answers out for yourself, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, sure a lot of your listeners do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, um, yeah, that whole area, you know, is a private area. It's like mm. no one wants to talk about this kind of thing. Private right? parts, totally. Yeah, right, right. So then, then people keep it private, man. And uh, I totally agree with how important these things are. Um, obviously, you know, the just like you mentioned, this is all. It's all a bunch of muscles together. It's like the rest of your body, mm-hmm. and with you know bodybuilding or competing or mm. crossfit or olympic lifts or strongman or strong woman or whatever it is that we're doing that you know you're applying so much stress to the body and you're pushing the body to the limit you know we need to do that still with the pelvic floor like we train our legs or our shoulders or our cardiovascular system we train this and that but there are still tons of different things this is why i love fitness and health because mm. there's like if you are trying to sculpt your body and you see that your shoulders need to grow a little bit or something needs to grow a little bit or you need to get stronger or you want to get stronger or you want to lose a little bit more body fat you can do these things you can tweak and tweak and tweak mm-hmm. but then once you master these things, there's so much more to the body that you need to understand and learn mm. about, like, especially when it comes down to the pelvic floor. And I know, I know there's a lot because people have, you know, um, a lot of problems with using the restroom, you know, going poop or whatnot. Like that's like a it's a it's a problem. And especially when girls have babies mm-hmm. and, and, you know, obviously uh, natural birth or whatnot. I'm pretty sure C-sections as well because the baby's still mm-hmm. held there. But you know, these things, they disrupt the pelvic floor. And, and when that happens, it's like we don't understand what needs to happen to improve or strengthen the pelvic floor even after these, you know, traumatic things happen. Because even giving birth is traumatic. Man. It's a huge event. It's, it's a crazy. huge event. Yes. And yeah, if you are having surgery and or, you know, just giving birth vaginally doesn't really matter. Um, right. It's all a huge event. Mm-hmm. If it requires surgery, like why aren't we you know, sending people to the right people essentially to help with healing. It's like you go for a neck surgery, low back surgery, shoulder, elbow, all of those things. You're going to be sent to PT sometimes before surgery 
Yeah. And for sure after. Yeah. But we're sending our woman, especially in America, off to um, nobody. <laughs> right. Uh, like you go for your six-week checkup with your doctor if you have a doctor, your midwife. And it's um, – I mean, I feel like very lucky that with the space that I'm in, I'm very interconnected with um, – Yes, OBGYNs and midwives and doulas, good, good. like all of the helpful people that could help yeah. people going through pregnancy and postpartum, just transition in general. Honestly, it's it's um, it is very interesting uh, that we don't really give that support or or we wait until something bad happens, bad in, right. in quotes. Um, and then we address it. Right. I, I would love to like almost get ahead of the game, not in a necessarily like preventative and like fear based way. Um, but like get ahead of the game and like just have people become aware of their pelvic floor, like first yeah. and foremost. Yeah, absolutely. It's, and it's important. Just like whenever you were describing it earlier, like the center, you know, mass or the centerpiece of your body, it's like whenever you're standing up. Like, what do you think the pelvic floor is doing? Like, it's dude. Oh, it's, yeah. It's holding, dude. Everything that's, you know, gravity exactly. is trying to push down. So I, I totally understand how it could be such a crucial uh, muscle group to – and just to think about it, it's so strong that even with you even neglecting it for years, it's mm. still doing its job. You know, exactly. or trying to at least. <laughs> no, exactly. It's so true. <laughs> I think we tried to do the math um, for this course that I, I put out with Move You, which you're well yeah. aware of. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mike and I were just sitting down and figuring out like, okay, how much weight of just organs, like not even your <laughs> yeah. upper half, but like what's the weight of the organs in like a general core? You know, right. yeah, and um, I think it ended up being like 15 pounds, like on God. average for an right. average person, right? Um, which is wild, and yes. so that just like tells you for sure, right? Like your pelvic floor has a resting tone that is like it's use- being used, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, um, yeah. and yeah, it's pretty wild that you don't really recognize that it needs to it needs to really play well with everything else. Like you're saying, you know, everything's connected. Mm-hmm. And when you're, especially like when you're doing dynamic movement um, in, in body lift, like lifting, training, mm-hmm. all the things mm-hmm. um, it is like, I think huge to be aware of it. Yeah, absolutely, man. And, and I'll tell you, you might so even my- change the game. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It, it can even make you stronger or can keep more control, you know? Right. Um, so real quick, what are like, I guess, you know, some things that someone could be going through right now that it's, you know, discomfort or whatever that could be caused from a weak pelvic floor. Mm. Well, the interesting thing um, is that when you are weak, Uh it's either like you don't have enough tone. So, right. Like you could have a little bit more like relaxation in your pelvic floor, but just like in anywhere else, a weak muscle is also considered, um, maybe a tight muscle or I would say right, a right, tight right. muscle is considered a weak muscle. Yes. So depending on your symptoms, right. If okay. um, say you're low tone, so like stress incontinence is an issue. So every time you cough, sneeze, lift something heavy, um, laugh or jump, all of those things can put so much pressure on your pelvic floor that your pelvic floor can't handle it. And so you leak urine for example, what, dude? So okay. something, crazy. yeah, something that someone can do there is, and I hate using like Kegels as a blanket thing. I don't use Kegels as a blanket fix. Like, for okay. Everything. Okay. Got it's it. Got not, it. Cause it's not, it's not right. always the answer, but if you truly have that like low tone, like especially after giving birth through mm-hmm. the vagina, mm-hmm. having that stronger connection leading to a stronger contraction, leading to a stronger like reflexivity of, of this control of pressure mm. that you might be feeling in your abdominal cavity. Okay. Um, I would start working with that. So using your breath out every time to think about closing everything together and then pulling your pelvic floor up towards your head. That would be like one thing you could try. Okay. 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 However, if you are on the other side of it, like you're weak, yet you are very tight, which was my issue okay. um, with the urge incontinence. So feeling that urge to pee or even to poo, um, fecal incontinence is also a thing right. uh, that people could be experiencing. But also, <laughs> yes. yeah, like tailbone pain, um, 
honestly, like any kind of like levator. So it's called levator ani syndrome. That's just a lot of pain down in the general pelvic floor, mm-hmm. um, pain with sex, things like that. I would first work with connecting your breath with your pelvic floor and learning how to soften. I like to think about if you're drawing harsh lines on the mm-hmm. pelvic floor, even around each sphincter. So okay. around the urethral sphincter or the anal sphincter, right. or if you have a vagina, then the uh, vaginal wall. Uh-huh. I want you to think about just like blurring the edges and really softening the edges. So it's not so taut. It's right. more. <sighs> yeah. Relax. You know, so really learning how to relax. And that could be just with like using a mirror and watching yourself breathe mm. and notice what's going on. But also with touch, you could do some mm. self-massage. Gotcha. If you're uncomfortable still with that, um, I would potentially just to have you go on a foam roller that you felt comfortable sitting on or uh, a rolled up towel. And again, just going back to that concentration, focus on relaxation. Oh my goodness. That's insane. There's a lot of moving parts. <laughs> yeah, no, that's awesome. That's so awesome. I, yeah. um, so uh, as you brought, okay, so um, Kegels, right? That's what they're called? Kegels? Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, okay. So yeah. Kegels. We'll just call ba- them contractions. Okay, contractions. So those contractions, they're basically, um, you're just squeezing your sphincter and relaxing it, right? Yes and no. Because okay, okay. I want, I want to feel what, so say I'm, I'm assessing someone internally and usually okay. I'm doing that through the vagina. So I just okay. take one gloved finger okay. and insert in just like a doctor would kind of do a, a pelvic exam, but gotcha. I'm way less <laughs> intrusive. I try to be at least. Gotcha, um, gotcha. So I'll have one finger in. Uh-huh. So can people see me? Are people going to be able to see me? Yeah, they will. Oh, okay, sweet. So I'm demonstrating right with my okay. finger. Okay, and then the sphincter is around it. So what I want to feel is not only the squeeze around my finger, but also the pulling in of my finger. Oh, I got you. I got Does you. That makes sense. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So okay. it's a little bit of an elevation as well as a coming yes. together. But I like to cue the coming together first. Okay, okay, okay. And then yes. for if you um, have a penis, then mm-hmm. it's more like feeling like you're walking into a cold lake okay. and your scrotum is pulling up your testes. What so like the-, the turtle head is pulling uh-huh. back into its shell. That is insane. Okay, yeah. that's so – dude, I have so many freaking qu- – okay, so all right. So when it comes <laughs> like where down- to go next? Yeah, okay. So when it comes down to Kegels, because to be honest, my pelvic floor knowledge is – is small okay it's not too much mm. and mm. i understand that it's there and i really I always because one one of my biggest fears is getting hernia so i would mm. do everything in my freaking power to never ever have you ever had one no no okay i never will dude no hell no that's like <laughs> okay. in my brain i would never get one but yeah. um so with with that being said um i know obviously embracing your core and not just flexing your abs i mean like really embracing your core through breath right trying to get your transverse all that stuff really tightened and connected and then um, whenever I start to learn more about the pelvic floor, trying to, because that's how it started. That's how I learned a little bit about the pelvic floor is, is mm. how to stop a hernia from happening. Um, mm. And then, then I ran into Kegels that, or contractions. And um, so what I've been trying to do, what I've been doing for a while is whenever I do like air squats or I do some sort of movement, I'll either do two things. I'll either try to keep that contraction in my pelvic floor throughout the entire movement and then relax, or I'll go, like, for example, air squats. If I go in-depth and I'll try to just be neutral, and then when I get down to the very bottom of my of my squat, then I'll contract and I'll hold hmm. that on the way up. So those are, like, two things that I've been trying to do so I can keep control of my, of my just movement whenever I'm doing the actual movement. And I do that because – like, for example, in a squat, if I'm doing weighted and you go down, I feel like majority of the time when you go down and you brace up, that's when you're you're pushing so much that I feel like you could lose connection with your pelvic floor or your core and then pop. You know, you can get a hernia. So I try to focus it at the lower end. So when I'm coming up, um, I always have that, you know, second nature, I guess, of, of contracting the pelvic floor. So does that seem like a like a kind of like a OK way to train the pelvic floor? I think that's brilliant, to be okay. honest. Jeez. Yeah, just take a deep breath. <laughs> you got it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, no, I'm I'm not even kidding. I feel okay. like the one um, really thing that like ticks me off a uh-huh. lot is uh-huh. how how we've kind of normalized peeing in CrossFit or even like peeing in 
you know, after sneezing, which is like after birth. In, right, like, like, hey, it's okay. Every, it's okay. Well, okay. So I'm like glad that we're talking about it. There's that thing. I'm glad we're talking about it. Hell but yeah. are we addressing it? Right. You know, like yeah. the peeing after birth or peeing at the bottom of your squat and like letting your pelvic floor go and letting the bladder empty. To me, like that's not a sign of strength. That's right. And I don't know like why, but at least, and okay. So my, my knowledge about pelvic floor or not pelvic Uh floor, but my knowledge about CrossFit is that like, at least in the culture and you can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, like in the culture, it's like almost like a rite of passage to pee while lifting so heavy that you like that happens. But yeah, in my book, (laughs) um, I, I think it would be great if that didn't happen. If you were so connected and so strong, right. um, or I would rather, I love the word resilient uh, yes. for the pelvic floor, especially right for people who are giving birth. Mm-hmm. Um, I just like that, not the bounce back necessarily, but just like the ability to, to go through a full relaxation and a full contraction with weight. I think right. that would be great. But yeah, yeah I, I completely agree that what you're doing is, is appropriate. Um, okay, awesome. Like that's, I think something else that some people, everyone should really know is, um, the way that your, your core, which includes your pelvic floor, mm-hmm. in my opinion, yeah, um, absolutely. braces mm-hmm. for, for explosive movement or, or like air squats or weighted squats. Um, like that all needs to play really well together. So I love that you're bringing attention to your pelvic floor while you're doing, especially that heavy lifting. Right. Um, yeah, I think in the end, like, of course you don't want a hernia, but hernias, AKA any like weak link, right? Uh Like diastasis is considered to me, like, Oh, it could be a hernia. It could end up in a hernia. Uh Um, but yeah. Um, hemorrhoids also. Right. Right. Like a sign of just like that pressure not being handled very well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There's so much pressure on the pelvic floor. So where are you? Like what's missing? Is it like your diaphragm? Is it your, um, your TA, is it your rectus, your obliques? Like it could be anything, right? Mm-hmm. Or your glutes. Like we don't know, but right. until we look at it. Yeah, so. yeah. But th- there, should be, there should be nothing wrong with um, with making sure that you're checking off each box on your own. You know, like mm-hmm. if you, you know, w- w- if you understand what it is that this is why I feel like we should be taught more about the body whenever you're growing up or whatever you're going to school or whatever. Mm. They should just teach these basic scenarios um, about this stuff because it could stop a lot of things from happening, obviously. And if we are learning education, how come we're not learning about the most important thing in this entire world, which is what has built buildings and figured mm-hmm. out more vaccines is people. And these people have a health and that health is nothing if you don't you know, train it, you don't do anything with it. Um, but yeah. Yeah. and when it comes down to that, what you just said about CrossFit and, and people peeing themselves you know, and, um, or just having a weak pelvic floor and it being okay. Like, like, Hey, it's, it's okay. This happens. I know I've had kids too. Like, that's not the answer. Yes. It's, it's true. You know, if you've had a kid, yes, you could potentially begin to start peeing yourself, but then that's your body saying, yo, you (laughs) got to fix some stuff, man. You got to fix this because like this peeing stuff is not cool. And I'm pretty sure it's kind of, you know, not cool for you to pee yourself whenever you're working out or pee yourself to pick your kid up and put him in the car seat. Like you don't want to do that. So like what's things that you can do to fix that, you know? So um, it's important that, and that's so cool that you talk about it too. One thing I want to know actually, Mm. what brought you to be super comfortable with talking about the pelvic floor, sex, orgasms, you know, just everything around that area? That's a great question. Because like I said, my, my family, the community I grew up with, it was very religious. Um, wasn't able to talk about that stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd say probably it wouldn't have happened until like the most recent years. Um, yeah, probably in the last like two or three years, to be honest, like ever since I started doing pelvic floor work, it's like, you can't, you can't ignore the things that are happening. And I think maybe once I was experiencing them myself, I was like, okay, I need, I need language to go with this. Um, <laughs> like with what I'm feeling and how right, to like, right. you know, talk about it with other people. And, right. um, I think actually it really started with periods. Mm-hmm. I got really comfortable with talking about periods, <laughs> um, and menstrual cycles. Well, yeah. Girls get it every month. Exactly. So like, yeah, you should talk exactly. about Exactly. I remember actually the first time I wrote about it and like posted about it on my Instagram. Uh-huh. 
um, I was like feeling so brave, right? I felt so like, oh, this is kind of taboo. Like no one shares when they're on their period or right. you know, talk about it, at least in terms of training, because I got really into actually the reason why I got into periods was because I wanted to get off birth control. Um, oh, wow. I wanted to be, cause I, I come from, not I come from, but I, I value holistic approaches. I yeah. value, um, the way your body's designed. Yes. Thank yeah, you. Absolutely. That's exactly like the way to phrase it. I was really curious actually, um, if my body would be able to have its own period without, um, birth control, like, cause I'd been on and, and off of it for like 10 years. Okay. And so, I was just honestly curious, but I didn't right. want to go off of birth control cold turkey because I had heard so many horror stories from my friends who were getting off of it because they wanted to become pregnant um, and they were having like trouble with their fertility. And so I was like, honestly worried about it. I was, right. I was with a partner at the time too. And I, I, we like made the decision together and I was like, okay, I'm going to get off, get off of it by really paying attention to what I eat and how I work out because I, I, yeah, I started cycle syncing, it's called. Mm. Um, so I was really altering what I was doing for movement, depending on what phase I was in while I was still on birth control, kind of oh, just wow. gauging that energetically. Um, and just like really going off of that, not like seriously pushing my body, but definitely right. like riding its edge. And, um, I was able to get off of the birth control, uh, without any extra symptoms other than like light headaches and it wasn't really late. It was like two days late. And then ever since then I've never missed a period. And that's been like three years. So there you go. mm -hmm, I've been like very regular off and on in terms of like other symptoms. Um, of course, course, but it was when I was posting that uh, about like training according to my period cycle. Um, I remember posting it in the, uh, boyfriend I was with at the time I remember watching him like read it and then scroll past it and not like it. And I got so offended and what the fuck I'm being vulnerable as hell over here. Exactly. And it was at that point, I think where I was like, I'm going to freaking take a stand like, and he grew up in a house of like two older brothers and a mom that didn't really talk about it. He had only boy cousins. So I understand. Uh, And and we talked about it afterwards too. So it was all, it was all kosher after, but I, um, I really at that point was like, wow, some people don't want to talk about it. And I honestly, I, <laughs> this is maybe kind of mean, but I really, I kind of like making people feel uncomfortable about that kind of stuff because <laughs> I don't, I don't right. feel uncomfortable about it. And I right. want it to be, I want everyone to be in that space where you feel okay talking mm-hmm. about not just your bleed, but your sex mm-hmm. and your private parts. Right. Um, without feeling the shame. And I think a lot, maybe it's not even shame for a lot of people. It's just like, Oh, they're just unaware, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Of course. So maybe that's not the best approach to take. And I probably won't go that route for very much longer, but it is (laughs) kind of funny. Like I would just be like, you know, talking to someone, um, just like a friend on the street corner. I remember this actually happened. And then this guy Uh who I was friends with, but you know, we weren't super close or anything like that, but he was like, Oh, what are you guys doing? And I was like, Oh, well I'm on my period. So I'm going to go home and like rest. (laughs) And he's like, what? Like, what? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. What did you say? And I was like, yeah, I'm over here. And like, uh, you know, yeah. just like trying to normalize it. And it's just like funny to kind of see people like, wait, what? <laughs> like, did she just say that? <laughs> yeah, I know. Exactly. But I mean, I don't care. No, um, dude, it's funny. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. That's so good, I, I think just like that practice though, of like taking it into everyday conversation, mm-hmm. um, maybe, yeah, starting with just like my close friends and then kind of expanding it to those more so acquaintances Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. has made it a lot easier. And just, you know, I feel like once you touch on periods, it's like, you can't not talk about sex. When you talk about sex, you can't not talk about orgasms. Right. Um, It's all together, man. It's linked. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's crazy. That's so awesome. And you know what? It's, this is how I feel like, okay, so I don't even know if this is a butterfly effect, but Mm. with, um, with you saying everything you just said, right. There's people out there right now that are having pain, right. And this pain can be a hundred percent related to a weak pelvic floor. Okay. Mm. And, and because of you talking about these things and you being open with it and you talking about, cause it's a part of our body. So this is something that's extremely crucial to talk about because with anything, a part of your body, you should absolutely talk about, um, and if you need help with something, you should absolutely always reach out. 
uh, no matter what it is. Um, but with you being vulnerable, I'm not even vulnerable anymore because now you're like, you know, <laughs> you're passionate. So this vulnerability turned into passion and drive. And now you want to actually, not, uh, you know, educate people. Yeah. Um, but there's people out there that have these pains, right? And they've probably been in that pain for, you know, who knows, man, five, seven, ten, maybe even a whole life. Mm-hmm. And, um, and just because they came across this episode or came across you or came across someone else that specializes in the public floors. And they saw something and then they did the exercise or something like that. And all of a sudden, this seven year of pain turned into two weeks of strengthening, understanding. And all of a sudden, you're coming back from that pain and you no longer have that pain. And you, but you took seven years to even say something about it just because it's, you know, too difficult to talk about or, mm. you know, some, a, a female doesn't want to talk about how, you know, how they're not having orgasms or how it, you know, hurts like this or a male, same thing with whatever they're doing or, you know, and, and I feel like if we're just more open to doing these things, you know, who knows what could happen, man. There's, there's just, who knows, you know, if you're living in pain or something's going on with your body, especially when it comes down to the pelvic floor, like, you know, that's if something is going on with me and like something happens, like I sneeze one day and I like mm-hmm. so, so happen to shit myself or something like <laughs> I'm like, dude, so this never happened before. And there's yeah. something that needs to be done or something. Needs to, but 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 I, by that time, it'd be maybe too late, not too late. But like now something has happened to the point to now I know it. So, you know, if you continue to start it, even if you feel healthy right now, you should still yeah. continue to do it. Oh, absolutely. And I'll just like butterfly effect off that. Um <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) Um, This is something I work on all the time. Like I wouldn't say anything is necessary. Like for me, hard to explain quickly, but like my journey is like this, like I'm expanding, I'm growing. I'm, I, yes, I like to set goals, but that's not always the end game. And for me, like if I can get, you know, however many days in a row of complete, pelvic wellness and not experience any symptoms like yeah that's great like I I want that however I know life is going to get in the way because it has like my urgent conscience that I felt when I was still working in the clinic Mm -hmm. I dealt with it in that one instance and then it came back it came back with a vengeance but it's like no way you're not getting rid of me yet (laughs) yeah it was after yeah I had I had been on a trip with a a new person I was seeing and we had an intense conversation. And then I went with that straight into a week of work training and I was doing eight hour days. And then on the fourth day I was supposed to teach two yoga classes, one in a row. But the conversation that I had had the weekend prior was literally the trigger for all of that stress to come down on me in that one day. And I remember going to my class to teach the first one. And I went to the bathroom and I felt all of that same stuff again. And I started crying. I was like, Oh my God, it's here again. Like, what do I do? I started freaking out. Like I was getting a lot of anxiety about it. And, but I knew because I knew what it was, but I was like, the only way I know how to do this is to like relax and rest. But I like had to teach a class and there were literally students already there. And yeah, it was horrible. So more stress. Uh, luckily I was able to teach that class and I was really vulnerable with them in that point and like totally cried in front of my yoga class. Um, and they were all very sympathetic to me or empathetic with me. And, um, luckily I got that second class taken care of, but yeah, but I was able to like find rest and really get to the, the source of that particular stress. Um, which was like having an open and honest conversation with the person I was seeing and, it was that like just for me because it is such an everyday and totally intertwined thing with pelvic floor it's like mind body connection it's not even a connection it's like one in the same for me exactly you know That's and right so it's like of course like any kind of stress is going to take place in your body in some way shape or form whether it's low back pain or a headache or peeing when you sneeze like it it is so connected and I don't want to like, I want to give hope to someone who is maybe struggling with something like this for a really long time. If you've been like chronically dealing with pelvic pain, it's not in life sentence. I don't want it to be a life sentence for anyone. And for people that have experienced like intense amounts of trauma or, you know, rehabilitation that maybe just like went nowhere. Mm -hmm. I, I, I want to just tell you too, like I, um, 
I address my pelvic issues every single month. Like I feel lucky that I actually have a period every month because that is like a built-in litmus test for my entire pelvic health, not just the pelvic floor, but the entire pelvic health and my reproductive health. Right. right? Um, so really like using that as a gauge. Um, but then, yeah, addressing any, everything else that goes along with pelvic floor, which is like all of the hangups I had when I was growing up. And um, actually I had a lot of shame myself and guilt around sex. So talking to a therapist, I have been seeing therapists off and on for, yeah, the last like three years. Um, that's good. Nothing wrong with that at all. Exactly. But that's the whole point, right? Is like, it's not, it's not going to be like a one-time prescription, like a one-time, you know, exercise yeah. course yeah. that you need to take. Like it, it, sometimes it looks like a bigger journey and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And I like, of course, like I'm sure, you know, and a lot of the listeners know like healing is never linear almost never. (laughs) And I was just telling someone this this morning, like maybe you're at point A over here and it's like, you kind of visualize a straight line to point B where you're like, you know, Mm. symptom free, but it's like literally a freaking zigzag, like wind around and then you're finally at your end point, you know? And that maybe that's frustrating for people, but also it's like, know that you're not alone. Mm -hmm. There's so many people that struggle with pelvic issues, like at least one out of four. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. And, and even without even knowing it either, right? Um, and that that's that's so crazy. You know, it's it's always good to be connected with 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 your body. It's always it's always good to be connected with your body. There's, you know, we we are like these organisms that love to connect with other things, connect with mm-hmm. you know material stuff, technology, with other people, and those things are awesome. And you know, other people, yes, we need connection with other people. That's how we reproduce. That's how we do other things. But you know, when it comes down to you, man, like it's important to understand yourself. It's crucial to understand yourself. And mm-hmm. yes, man, the the path to hit to uh, to healing yourself is yeah, never linear. I yeah, hundred percent agree. Because yeah. man, the pain like y- your body communicates with you daily, all mm-hmm. the time, just like how I communicate with you. You know, and um, then you became an expert in understanding it, and then that made it so that you have full control. Because most people just go maybe see a doctor, think it's a UTI, and then you know take some antibiotics or whatever, and then right. well, then it's gone because then they believe that it is UTI, whatever the case may be, and then they don't try to fix it. Right. You know, so so understanding is crucial. But you did talk about um, sex, and that's what I want to hit with you next is mm. h- how important. And th- I know this might be like a maybe a dumb question, but how important is sex for the pelvic floor for the female and the male? Well, I think that they're both needed. Like everyone needs it right? to a certain degree. Mm. Um, I think it's a healthy release. I think it's a healthy expression of love or uh, of passion. Um, hard to put like an actual, like how important do I think it is? I just think it is a built-in function of the pelvic floor. And okay, we ought to okay. be able to, to use it to, with our discretion, of course. Right, right, right. You know? Right. Um, yeah, I feel like. Because you said that, earlier, you said earlier that whenever you were feeling your pain initially the first time that um, to relax it, you, you had to have like an, an orgasm. Right? Oh, so yeah. Like, so with that being said, um, do you, is that something that like every females should always strive for because males can also have orgasms mm. too so like is that like a like are those things obviously they're necessary well, but like should should we always have them like basically every time i think that's unfair um because it's pretty it's pretty frustrating because i think the medical community has put a lot of pressure on orgasms to be honest okay. and everyone says you know especially doctors and OBGYNs. Uh-huh. Uh, they're just like orgasms are really healthy for you. It can help stave off stress, like take down cortisol, increase oxytocin. So that's going to bring you closer to the partner you're with. Um, It brings blood flow to the area. And, you know, there's so, there are a lot of things that can be great about orgasm. However, this like, yeah, these are all the benefits. It puts more pressure on the person to have that orgasm. And I think, um, in like any kind of heterosexual relationship, um, it's, it is interesting. Cause that's like kind of what I'm more familiar with at least. Um, and I know it doesn't apply to everyone, but like men, it's, it's really interesting. So men always feel that like desire to help their female partner mm-hmm. 
get to an orgasm, right? right? And if they can't get there, they feel maybe not man enough. Uh-huh. Maybe there's another word for it, but I can't think of it right now. We'll just um, that one. Yeah, yeah. Confident, you just like, confident. Yeah, you just don't feel confident in your in your game or in your abilities um, in the bedroom mm-hmm. or whatever. But then it's almost like the female is feeling all of that pressure to have an orgasm, and that like internal pressure gets to your head. And it's like mind over matter at that point. Like your mind uh. is taken over and it, it's like the same story for me, actually. Um, the more I put pressure on myself to have orgasm, achieve that, the further away that that is. It's just like it's like internal stress you're applying to yourself. 100%. So I never I don't like to say that orgasm is the goal. The goal for me in sex and for what I tell my clients is like, I want you to be as present as you can in your body and present with any pleasure that you're feeling. Right. Right. And not naming it bad or good, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I think just like having a goal oriented, um, sexual episode is, you know, it's just another way of like saying like, I want hundred percent productivity, you know? It's like, no, like let's enjoy the moment to moment to moment and let's communicate about what feels good and what doesn't. And then if you happen to achieve orgasm in that sense, I think that's the best. Okay. Yeah, dude. Okay. That's sick. That's awesome. Like, I lo- yeah. I love how you, um, you took it away from like, how did you even do it? It's like you took it <laughs> away from just focusing solely on the anatomy and and dialing into the physiological part like so like the mm-hmm. the, the function the 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 um like the chemical reaction like the the actual stuff that we can never pinpoint cuz like when i right. meet if you meet someone and you and you already know you have a connection right there's energy there yes um, you talk to someone else and you feel bad energy like that's stuff that you can't pinpoint people don't see it you can't see it only you can see it so mm-hmm. i think that's cool how you moved it towards there um, and it's crazy because this whole time, whenever you're talking about it, it's so crazy to believe that your with your story, your experience, that your pelvic floor took a hit from the life stress that you had on yourself. So with that being said, it just shows that, you know, whenever your neck hurts or your shoulders hurt because you have mm. all this stress from work, whatever, it can same be applied to your pelvic floor whenever mm. you're doing exercise, whenever you're having sex, whatever. Well, sex is an exercise, but whenever you're doing any of these things, um, I think it's so cool how you are obviously relating everything to the external energies that we get through, right. through life. You know, I think that's awesome. Totally, totally. Um yeah, I was going to say like for people who are having pain with sex, mm-hmm. I I definitely think um, – well, I'll just reference a book really fast. Uh, okay, Come yeah, As yes. You Are. Uh-huh. Have you heard of that book? No, I haven't, em- but I will now after you said it. Okay. Yeah, Emily Nagowski. She's uh, amazing. Uh, amazing writer that makes you feel like you are just normal. And something <laughs> she talks about is like um, – everyone has like the same parts. They're just organized in a different way. Mm-hmm. And the way she breaks down kind of like how someone might experience sex um, or just like intimacy in general okay. uh, is so mind blowingly like, ah, it makes so much sense. Oh um, and I feel like with anyone who's having like pain or you're not able to reach orgasm and you're with like a committed partner who loves you and you love them. And it's like, it's pretty amazing. The, the stories and stuff that gets stored in the pelvic floor as it relates to like finding that intimacy and connection with someone. Um, like a lot of stuff gets brought up. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, a lot of people experience like vaginismus or vulvodynia, which is like pain with sex or pain with any kind of insertion or penetration. Okay. Okay. Um, like if you just get to this place of understanding too, how your mind works around your pelvic floor, um, and introducing something to go inside. So that even could be for someone like rectally, um, like knowing and understanding that breakdown or physiology of, of, or even psychology, Mm. um, how that works. It's, Mm. it like has changed my practice and it's changed my personal life. So like, if I will recommend one book around sex, it's going to be that one. one. Yeah. 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 That's crazy. 
That's insane. So if someone is having, let's say someone is having pain with sex, and and we'll talk about female. Mm-hmm. What I like, I, I know whenever it comes down to these things, like the pelvic floor is is very uh, not simple to understand, but like it's, um, it just it's like you said, it's a group of muscles, and that's what it is. And then you get to the psychological part of it, like you've just been saying, and then that can also cause different things, just like anything else in your performance or your life or mm. with uh, body movement or whatnot. So if a female is having pain, you know, like let's say even after having a, a child. Um, what, like, what could be a, something that is causing that? I think, so if we're going to get specific with having a child, yes. um, again, it's more trauma. And even if your birth was just lovely and you had all the support around you, it's like your body just went through a pretty gnarly experience, Mm -hmm. right? Very unique experience. Um, and honestly, I think that also media has kind of put this um, expectation on people where if you've had a, a baby vaginally, you're going to be loose and have a loose vagina. And, you know, right. male, if male partners are like, yeah, doc, like, don't worry, like, please, like, just stitch her up a little bit tighter. Um, you like, know, bro, she can do it on her own. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, dude, it's not even it's not even that way. Like <laughs> the, the more postpartum people I, I work with. Uh-huh. Actually, I'm recognizing that they're actually a little bit tighter. Oh. They're tighter rather than. You know what? Loose. That makes sense because they just expanded freaking ten centimeters, so I can see like how the coming back could be like powerful. It is. It's pretty wild. Like it's crazy. Your body ends up being so guarded, and again, it's like any kind of surgery. You know, like the muscles around you are like, oh my god, we went through trauma. Like someone cut us open. Now we're gonna protect. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna clamp up. And we're going to stay together and, you know, <laughs> literally try to support you as much as possible. And it's, it's interesting, right? Um, the pain with sex can be from that guarding, like, and also, yeah, going back to like the, just like mental state or emotional state too. getting back into sex after having a baby, like, again, media, um, and media. Back in media and like Hollywood, you know, it's like, oh, at the six week checkpoint, you know, you're clear for infection, you're clear to exercise, you're clear to have sex. Yeah. Well, what if I'm not ready, doc? Yeah, that's the whole other side. Dude, I'm so happy you just said that. And I feel like I just want to validate anyone out there who is like feeling that pressure that they, you know, need to have that kind of connection with their partner again. And I know like, Another book that I'll recommend too off the bat is The Fourth Trimester by Kimberly Ann Johnson. <laughs> that's um, so funny. I, the fourth, that's hilarious. Yes, yes. That's it's such a, a good title. She like is so genius. Um, in that book, it talks about how to really help after the fact, right? In that fourth trimester. So when you're in like a new postpartum phase, um, all of that can be looked at. So not just your body, but also the mental state that you're in, this new identity that you're carrying with you as a mother or a parent um, and creating intimacy again if you have a partner. Like, what does that look like? Is it going to look different? Like, right, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it's going to look different and it's probably going to be a lot slower and you're probably going to need to use a lot of lube and there's nothing wrong with that. I know it's like you kind of have to go through a little grieving process, I think. Yeah, Um, because your body's not the same as it was before. Right. Right. And like that body. Yes. Let's celebrate that body. That was great. Mm-hmm. You know, and it got you through this pregnancy. That's great. Hell yeah. And it got you to be here in this new postpartum body. It's not like anything you've ever experienced before. Mm-hmm. And this is like also to be celebrated yes. and respected. Yes. And I think it's, it's helpful to, for maybe partners to know and understand, like you're also oh, not alone. Yes. And, but also your intimacy, like levels are important too. Like how do you create that connection that, that maybe isn't physical mm-hmm. to start, mm-hmm. right? How can you maintain the intimacy? Cause I think once a baby is born, it's like all eyes are on the baby, right? Yeah. Yes. Partners that are together aren't looking at each other. Right. She talks about that in the book. Um, so how do we create that reconnection of partner to partner? Like when it was just the two of you and now how can we include this little one? Right? <laughs> that's crazy it's gonna look different for every couple yes but yeah it's um pain with sex after after the fact it's it is 
common, but I would never recommend someone just like push themselves to have sex if it's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And, and hopefully eventually like with the work that I do um, with any kind of like internal assessment and lifestyle changes or suggestions um, I would hope that they end up having more enjoyable sex, Good. not just yeah. that they can have sex, but that right. it's actually like enjoyable. Yeah. Hell yeah. No, it's awesome. Yeah. That's, that's so good. A lot of people will just like do the sex and to like, you know, check it out. Go through the motions. Yeah. Go through the motions. Exactly. Exactly. That's not what that's about. No one wants it like that. Right. You gotta be present, yo. Be present in the moment. There's nothing else around you. There's nothing else besides you two. Mm -hmm. And it could look, it could actually be like super fun, I think, to, to play around and explore the body that's like not in the way you did it before. You know, I think it helps both people grow. Yeah. Absolutely. Your body's changing. You're changing. Your perspective changes. Your mindset changes. So why not change, you know, other things in your in your relationship or other things in your movement or other things around this and that, you know? Your body is totally. incredible, yo. Incredible. Totally. So that's awesome. I'm glad, so happy you said that. Um, <laughs> for, for everyone right now listening, what would be something that you could, like, suggest or some words of advice to get someone just a little bit more um, – not knowledgeable because they're they're getting knowledge right now, um, but like something that they could help and get more aware of their pelvic floor. That's better. So what's something that they could do like to be aware of their pelvic floor being there? Mm. Um, if you haven't taken a mirror to your pelvic floor. Oh, like, like look down right there? Look down. That's freaking sick. That is we'll something right again. Now. Yeah, no, I know, right? <laughs> I took that away from, from Come As You Are. And it's funny because like I – I have already done that. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know myself. I know myself. But um, it's like some people are just, you know, not into checking themselves out. But it's like who who else is going to do it for you? You'd rather have a doctor do it or what? Well, do you remember – did you ever watch This is 40? that this movie is, oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah yes and and leslie mann and uh-huh. do you remember that one scene i think it might have been in an extended cut but he's like literally looking at himself yes his asshole uh-huh. and he's like are these i'm not sure are these hemorrhoids or like what's going on da, 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 da. and she's just like oh my god are you kidding me and he like doesn't know his well i mean maybe he just doesn't know how to diagnose himself but that's uh-huh. fine but it, i thought it was so hilarious that she just like took a peek over the, the <laughs> mirror was like those are hemorrhoids bye you yeah know? but like how amazing if we could all just feel so comfortable with our bodies in understanding and in just like a kind of graceful acceptance just by looking with a mirror mm-hmm. and notice what you even say about your body mm-hmm. right That's every so awesome. just like every penis is different every vagina and vulva are different mm-hmm. and like how can you come to just like a loving acceptance of yourself in that moment? That's awesome. That's I would it. hope. I would hope that that's what happens. But right. yeah, it's it's. I think like my yoga practice has really taught me this, right? Um, and it is just a practice overall of being aware, being conscious, um, and so watching the thoughts, the things you say to yourself, the things you say to your body. I'm ugly. I'm fat. I'm weak. I have no pelvic tone, mm-hmm. like, you know, mm-hmm. those are things your body is holding on to, mm-hmm. right? So how can we get away from not just negative thinking? Um, I don't want to brush off anyone's, anyone's like, you know, hardcore feelings about themselves, but let's get to the why, you know? Yeah. Um, and let's address that. You know, some people just say those kinds of things to like to say it and then like brush things off. But like, no, 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 I will. I will help you dig. (laughs) Right. You need to dig, man. Yeah. Yeah. To live, I think to live a fully expressed life, like in your most able body, like pelvic floor is just a part of it for sure. But, you know, I think that's the end game for a lot of people that are even in the health and wellness industry is like, yeah, I want to live my fucking life like the way I want oh, yeah. to. Right. Absolutely. So, Spot on, man. So yeah. everyone right now, go get your mirrors. <laughs> go check yourself out right now. Uh, you'd be amazing what you find out. <laughs> Take your pants down. Let's go. <laughs> there you go. Let's do this. Um, oh, my God. I feel like I talked to you forever about this stuff. Um, no, I know. And- for sure. Yeah, and it's because it's so fascinating, you know? And it's cool whenever you jump outside of comfort zones. You jump outside of, of the or, original talk of, 
you know, how can you get your biceps bigger? How can you get your, you know, squat stronger or whatever it is? You dive into something Mm. like this. It's so cool. So fascinating. But for everyone listening that maybe has a question for you, wants to reach out, say thank you. Or I loved your episode or, you know, love talking to this episode or whatever. um, Or just wanted to learn more about the pelvic floor and just maybe get some help or ask Mm. you something. um, Where's the best place for people to find you? Uh, People can find me on Instagram. I'm pretty pretty present on there. Um, that's B.Ellers, E-L-L-E-R-S. And then my website is a really great resource, honestly. Um, my blog, which I will be redoing. Don't worry. <laughs> it's like, sorry, it's a little hard to navigate, but there's a lot of great information in there. And the website is www.wearebeingbetter.com. Um, and yeah, people can send me a DM or you can reach out through the website on my contact page. Um, but yeah. I'm around. <laughs> yeah, sick, I'll man. answer the questions. Yes. Don't, and everyone, don't be afraid to ask them. Um, yeah. So, so everyone listening right now, if you grab value in this episode, all I ask you simply share it to your best friend, your gym buddy, your mom, dad, your partner, whoever. The more people get to listen to these episodes, the more lives we can all change together. And mm-hmm. uh, the more pelvic floors we can strengthen all together too. Um, but everyone, you know how we do it over here. I am your host, Coach Matt. Amazing guest speaker, Brittany Ellers. And as usual, y'all, get out there. Train hard. Live strong. Yeah, yeah. All right, everybody. Peace. You just finished another amazing episode on the Train Hard Live Strong podcast. If you have grabbed any sort of value from this episode, all we ask is you simply share it out to your Instagram story, Snapchat, send it to your best friend. If you want to know when the next amazing episode of guest speakers are coming on the show, make sure to check out our website, trainhardliftstrong.com. And also, if you want to see the sickest apparel, go ahead and check out athleticbeings.com. We'll see you all in the next episode. Coach Matt, peace.